Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. standing just a minute longer. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord here today. I just want to thank each and every one of you for being faithful to the house of the Lord as our kids are dismissed here today. Amen. Amen. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad to have you here. So I believe we have the Colt family back there in the back. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. Amen. And we're going to get into the word of the Lord here today. I want to direct your attention uh, to a uh, portion of Scripture in the book of Isaiah chapter 38 and then also in the book of Psalms chapter 126. And as we were praying and spending some time and fasting over the past couple of weeks, I was praying over this service. I really felt the Lord direct my attention to a very specific place. Um, pulled out one of my old notebooks and that I just take notes every so often as I'm just reading the Bible on my own. Uh, I'll tell you, there's nothing better than just waking up a little early, the cup of Tinker coffee, and uh, and your Bible. I want to just encourage you. And uh, I opened to a portion of notes that I took, and God really just began to direct my attention to that portion of Scripture for our service today. And so I want to direct your attention here to the book of Isaiah chapter 38, Isaiah chapter 38. We find here where the, the, the Bible tells us this particular portion of Scripture is recorded in two, two portions of Scripture, but here Isaiah says, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. Come on, that's good news. Can we just, can we all just agree right here? That's good news when God hears your prayer. He says, and I have seen your tears. Someone say, I've seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. Verse 6, and I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, your enemies, the impending judgment that I was preparing to send, he said, because you cried out to me, because you didn't stay silent or stagnant or apathetic or indifferent, because you cried out and you prayed and you cried with tears, I've heard your prayers and I've seen your tears and I will deliver you and the city from the hand of the king and I will defend this city. And this is the sign to you from the Lord. The Lord will do this thing which He has spoken. Amen. One more portion of Scripture. The Bible says, as Isaiah noted, that God not only heard the prayers of Hezekiah, but He mentions specifically, He notes unequivocally, that not only did I hear your prayers, but He said, I saw, I saw your tears. I saw your tears. Ah, what a mighty God we serve. God is touched with the feelings 
of our infirmities. God is interested in our lives. God, He sees our tears. One more portion of Scripture in the book of Psalms, chapter 126. A portion of Scripture that I find myself coming back to from time to time. The psalm writer says this, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Come on, I'll tell you, your prayers and your intercessions and your crying and your striving with God is precious in the sight of God and shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I want to tell you in all my years of preaching, I have never preached a sermon quite like what I want to preach today. I want to preach on this simple subject, the mystery and the miracle of tears. The mystery and the miracle of tears. Amen. God is interested in the details, amen, of our life. And so one more time, can we just lift our hands all over this place? Just ask the Lord to help us, to guide us, to direct us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, one more time, we lift our voice. God, I pray, God, that you would just encourage your people today. God, give us a fresh word from the Lord, not just a sermon or a message, but a word from God today. Encourage us and equip us in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. I will try to be succinct in my remarks today, but I do believe that I have some direction from the Lord for this service this morning. The mystery and the miracle of tears. I've never preached a message on the subject of tears. Don't consider myself an overly emotional person. If you looked at my wife right now, if you could read her mind, she's amening probably with an astounding amen. Amen. I've been accused of not being very emotional. Back the other day, Cindy was putting in some solution in her eyes or her contact, uh, and she came into the room and she had some solution dripping down her face and I said are you have you been crying and she knew right away that this was an occasion to just kind of mess with me a little bit and she just kind of looked at me and she says well what if I have been crying what are you going to do about it and all of a sudden I just began to wither and <laughs> I'm teasing I'm teasing I'm just teasing but what is a tear what is crying you see, our tears are comprised of a combination of liquids that include proteins and enzymes and oils and electrolytes. Even our own DNA is found in our tears. Our tears are important. Our tears are significant. We cry for many different reasons. Sometimes we shed tears when our eyes are irritated at an allergy or perhaps the scent of an onion we cry in the light of a kind gesture. Someone does something kind for us and it touches us in a way that brings a tear to our eyes. Or perhaps we cry at the thought of certain memories of someone that we've loved or 
someone that has fallen to us, a time or a season in our life that brings us back to a place that is emotionally significant and will shed a tear. In fact, the very first thing that you and I did when we first entered into this world, if you think about it, the very first thing that you did was you shed some tears and you began to cry. Crying tears and crying out is as natural to the human experience as life itself. Each and every one of us have had a time or two where we've just had to have a good cry. Can I get an amen? Before you could speak or before you could really even think or act for yourself or on your own behalf, your most basic human instinct was to express yourself through the act of crying. Crying is one of the most powerful of all of the human expressions and experiences. And every cry we cry in life is just a little bit different than the last because when we cry, it's a combination, it's an explosion, if you will, of complex biochemistry and unfettered emotions and past experiences and social contexts all slamming together to create that moment that you're either going to embrace or you're going to try to push away. Crying is a powerful thing. We get emotional about a movie or a song or perhaps learning of a tragedy in life. We can begin to feel those tears beginning to well up in our cheeks. And if you're not in the moment where you feel it's appropriate, you'll begin fighting those feelings back. Perhaps you see an old photo or you hear a song that you used to play during a sentimental season of your life, a time that was dear, a memory that was fond and You can be moved to the point of tears, overwhelmed with emotion and crying. But whatever the occasion or the chemistry is behind our tears and behind our crying, I want to tell you that whenever a person becomes emotional enough to the point of shedding tears and of crying, I want to tell you there is something significant taking place in the human experience that not only has an impact on our natural reality, but I want to just want to tell you today that, that that is significant also in the supernatural. You see, a lot of research has been done on the act of crying. Despite great analysis and examination, the human tear and the act of crying is still a great mystery to science. We know what proteins and hormones make up the liquid that our body uses to extract tears. We we understand the biology and the mechanisms that make crying possible. We have discovered the area of the brain that becomes active when we cry. But beyond just the science itself, the source and the purpose for crying, that is still a great mystery to science. Some experts think that we cry because as little children, crying was the only way that we were able to get a response from our parents. And as a result, we have adapted a behavior that that when we really need to get somebody's attention, we go back to what 
what worked when we were babies. As newborn babies, we, we had the ability to communicate our feelings. Before we did, we, we, we didn't know how to talk or how to speak or how to negotiate or how to convince or to build a consensus. And, and so the most natural reaction was to just simply to just cry. So we cried and we cried some more and we cried some more. And typically when we cried, we would get a response from our mom or from our dad. And so we learned at a very, very early age and at a very basic level that crying works. Amen? In fact, we learned that crying is so effective that experts have nicknamed the act of crying an acoustic umbilical cord. If you think about it, there's some truth to that because it serves, crying serves as such a powerful connection from that little baby to its caregiver, its mother or its father, that it is almost as vital to life as the cord that carries the oxygen from the mother to the lungs and to the organs of that little child. Just a simple behavior of crying, in fact, will increase the, 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 the survival rate of an infant because it awakens and it enhances the care and protection of those close by. Any parent in here this morning can recognize and realize that, that crying, that the, the way a child has to, of crying, that when your infant cries, that that just has a way of affecting you at a level that not very many things in life can. It brings about an emotional response. In fact, even in mothers, it brings about a physiological response. And as parents, we, have, we can become so keenly aware and sensitive to the unique cries of our children that, that even as a father, that I can tell just by the cry of my boys that when they're scared. And I can tell I don't even need to be in the same room. I don't even need to be in the same part of the house. But I can tell just by their cry when they're sad and and I can tell by their cry when they're faking it. And I can cry, I can tell by the sound and by the tone and by the pitch of their cry when they're hurt. And I can even tell by the sound of their cry when they are really, really hurt. Just from the distant sound of a cry. I was thinking about this this weekend and I began thinking about just several years ago, one time when we were on vacation and uh, we had just, we had a newborn baby. I won't mention the name of that baby uh, to protect the innocent here today, but we were new parents. And, you know, when you have a newborn baby, everything is just, you're just like super protective. By the third child, you're just like, whatever, just, you know, whatever, just rub some dirt on it. But when you've got a brand new baby, everything is just, you're high, is just highly sensitive. And we were on vacation and we were sleeping on a bed and, and, and uh, in the middle of the night, in the pitch black darkness of night, the baby was sleeping with us. And in the middle of the night, I remember just hearing from, from the deep recesses of my sleep, I, I, I began hearing the sound of what sounded like our little baby falling off of the bed and, and against the wall and the sound of that child hitting the ground and a cry began to break out. And I don't know if you remember this, but... I remember just from the recesses of my sleep, I shot out of that bed and I began screaming and yelling and Cindy sits up thinking we're getting robbed or something's happening and we begin to realize what took place. I pulled that bed and picked that baby up and she began to just tell me to calm down and and I just remember the sound of that cry, that child's cry had a profound effect upon me in that moment, in that reality. But I want to tell you that as common and natural 
as a behavior of crying is for a new baby. Researchers have recognized, just hang with me now, that we begin to decrease the amount of crying at about the age of two years old, that our brains begin to develop as they begin to develop an ability to communicate with language and by other means that we learn that somehow we've learned to adapt to speaking, that we congruently become less and less prone to crying. And it's because of this that on some level we all recognize that crying is our basic and natural response as humans, that, that we just simply don't have the words when we don't know how to express ourselves and explain ourselves and articulate how we're feeling and, and what we're thinking, that, that we just know at a very base level that the way to get out what it is deep inside of our spirit and our soul and the recesses of our thoughts when we don't know how to share it or express explain it or express it. There is something created in the deep parts of the fabric of our being that we understand if we can just let out a cry, that, 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 that we can communicate everything that's going on. I, I think that's why in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the Bible says that sometimes in our weakness when we don't know what to pray and we don't know how to articulate our needs to God, that, 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 that there is something that the Spirit begins to to do inside of us that it will intercede and interpret what's going on in our mind and in our heart and in our experience and, and the spirit will begin to let out an utterance like groaning or like crying because I want to tell you when words fall short and when articulation can't get the job done that there is something deep in the rest recesses of our spirit that when others don't understand it and when our spouse can't comprehend it and when our friends don't recognize it that there is something that only God can and inherently recognize and interpret that comes from the deepness of our spirit when we let out a cry. Hang with me here. See, the marks of faithfulness oftentimes comes through suffering. The marks of faithfulness to God oftentimes comes out through suffering. Sometimes suffering can become so painful at times that words cannot sufficiently express and in those moments when we just don't know how to relay what we're experiencing and what we're going through, it's in those times and in those seasons of life that we've got to learn to cry out to God in groaning and in tears that in a way that only He can understand. And what I've come to just preach to us today that although the meaning and the reason for crying may be a mystery to science, I, I just want to preach to somebody a word from the Lord that while science might not understand it, I want to tell you there is something about the cry and the groaning of a child of God that God perfectly understands. I just want to tell you today that when you don't know where to go and when you don't know who to turn to and you don't know how to get the answer to the needs in your life, that if you can just cry out to the Lord, if you can just call upon the name of Jesus Christ, if you can just give God everything that you're holding on to through prayer and through crying, if you can pour your spirit it out to the Lord. I want to tell you there is something about the cry of a child of God that is dear and precious to our Heavenly Father. There's a psalm writer, Psalm, psalm 39, that says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my cry. Don't be silent to my tears. 
for I am a stranger with you and a wanderer like my father's. It was Job, that suffering servant of God, who from the very depths of his despair, after losing his children and his fortune, cried out and confessed that my face is flushed from weeping and deep darkness is upon my eyelids. It was Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, that said in the book of Lamentations, my eyes fail because of tears. My spirit is greatly troubled. My heart is poured out on the earth and my eyes have run down with streams of water because of the destruction of my people. In fact, crying and tears and shedding tears is such a powerful phenomenon in Scripture that the shortest text in all of the Bible found in John 11 as Jesus was standing outside of the tomb of his friend Lazarus and as he witnessed the hurt and the pain of Mary and Martha at their brother's passing, and he realizes their overwhelming and crushing sorrow that Jesus stood there in that moment. The Bible says simply that Jesus wept. It was this Scripture, this text, that is the shortest in your Bible because I believe that, that it is this simple text that Jesus wept that tells us the most about our Savior. That it, that it says that we serve a God that, that has the compassion and the capacity to be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That, that Jesus wept is, a, is an indication and, a, and, and an expression that the God that we serve, that He's interested in our sorrows, that He knows our limitations, that He is moved with compassion. And, and when He recognizes that there are not enough words to suffice for the emotions and the experiences that come upon us in life, that if we can just cry out to the Lord, that more can be accomplished in an uttering of sincere crying out to God than in a whole spoken language. I want to just tell you today, I thank God for praying and persevering. I thank God. I thank God for crying out to God in prayer. I, I thank God for praying continually. I thank God for persevering in prayer. But I want to tell you that there is something about the cries of the children of God, of a sincere saint of God, when they have come to a place where they don't know where to go and they turn to God with all of their heart and all of their soul and all of their emotion. There is something that moves the heart of God. Something mysterious that awakens the heavens, that gets God's attention, and God begins to respond at the cries and the utterance of His people. I want to tell you in Scripture, crying and tears is a powerful thing. I see at least three ways that God responds to our crying. I want to tell you here today that it is not an insignificant thing, dear saint and dear friend, when you get moved to a point when you don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray, you don't know how to fix the problem, you don't know the situation and the circumstance, but I want to tell you that just like a little infant to their father, that you are still a child of God. And when you cry out to God, there is something that awakens the heart of God like nothing, like, a, like the cry of a child. And so we see in Scripture that God responds to the tears of His people. The very first way that I see 
in Scripture that God responds is I want to just tell you here today the very first way that you can be assured and encouraged this morning is that when we cry out to God, hear me right now, that God sees our tears. That's a good word today. That's a word from the Lord today. Come on, your tears are not wasted. Your cries have not gone by the wayside. God sees you. God knows you and God cares. God knows exactly what you're going through. God feels exactly what you're feeling. And and God sees the tears that you've cried. And so we see here in this text that I've read, the book of Isaiah, we find that this prophet Isaiah, this, this mighty man of God, this mighty prophet of God, The Bible says that Isaiah has been instructed to go and speak to this king, Hezekiah, to tell him to begin to get his house in order because he's getting ready to die. It was this man, Hezekiah, that you've got to understand was a a good and a faithful king. He reigned for many years over the house of Israel and in a line of kings that were filled with wickedness and deceit and idolatry. Hezekiah was a godly king and he upheld the kingdom by his righteousness and he was faithful to God. He, From a very early age, he tore down all of the high places and the evil places of worship that the people used to sin against their God. He, he removed the idols that the people used and were a stumbling block to serving the one true God. He even reopened the temple and commissioned the priests to minister and Despite the nation of Israel being in great just uh, uh, turmoil and, and, and sin and iniquity and the, being on the very brink of judgment, it was this righteousness and faithfulness of Hezekiah that withstood the, the, the evil day of Assyria from coming and destroying the, the nation of Israel. And, and so we find here in the book of Isaiah chapter 38 that Although Hezekiah was a godly king and a good king by all accounts, that he he had come to a place in his life where he was getting ready to pass from this life to the other. And, And the Bible says that God prepared a word for Isaiah to go and to share to Hezekiah to tell him that he's getting ready to pass, to get your house in order, to to get your things in alignment, and and to get ready to to leave this life behind. And it was here that Hezekiah, being faced with this devastating news, this reality that he was getting ready to lose his life, that Hezekiah didn't respond in apathy. Hezekiah didn't respond in indifference. Hezekiah didn't respond by just, well, I'll just go along to get along. But the Bible says that there was something about this news that that tormented and touched the very spirit and heart of Hezekiah. And the Bible says that Hezekiah responded to this word from the Lord. And the Bible says that he turned to the wall and he began to pray, to cry out to God. And the Bible says that not only did he pray and not only did he turn, but the Bible says that he began to shed tears of great emotion and remorse at the news that had just just been shared to him. And, And as he was crying out to God, 
coping with and facing the reality of his circumstances as he's crying out to God that God might somehow have compassion and mercy on his circumstances. The Bible says that 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 cry reached from that throne room of Hezekiah up into the atmosphere, into the very throne of God. And God heard the cry of Hezekiah. And the Bible says that God in turn spoke again to Isaiah. And told Isaiah, I want you to go back to Hezekiah. And I want you to tell him that I have heard your prayers. Get this. And I have seen your tears. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you're going through. You're not too far gone that God doesn't hear your prayers and see your tears. I want to tell you when everybody else has turned their back on you, when it seems like the news couldn't get any worse, when it seems like you're all out of solutions and answers, I want to tell you in that moment, if you can just pour your heart out to God with heartfelt tears and crying, I want to tell you that there is some Something in the heart of God that responds and sees the tears of his people. Hear my cries, O God, the psalm writer says. And God will see and respond to the crying and to the prayers and to the heartfelt expressions of his people. I want to tell you that just as encouraging as it is to know to truly know that your prayers and your cries and your tears are not lost on God, that God sees and God hears. I want to tell you that not only does God see your tears, but get this, there is a precious promise in the Word of God that the tears of His children, the crying of His saints are so precious to God God actually collects them in a bottle. Look what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 56, verse 8. He says, you number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, when my enemies turn back, this I know. Because God is for me. It was in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, when we see the culmination of all things as the King of kings and the Lord of lords has gathered all of His people together in heaven. The Bible says that when He had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and the twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors or incense liquid like substance, which the Bible says are the prayers of the saints. I want to tell you that there is something precious to God about the crying out, about the prayers of His people, that just like a father that will awaken out of his slumber, come on, in the midnight hour, when a little baby cries out out of fear or desperation, I want to tell you that there is something that moves God in such a way that not only does He respond to your tears and your crying, but God collects them and God gathers 
gathers them and God stores them. I want to tell somebody today, don't you ever think you've gotten to a place where God is indifferent to your tears and your crying? Don't you ever get to a place where you think God has not stored your tears and kept your prayers? You might not see exactly the way you want things to work out right now. Things may not be shaping in your life the way you thought they would or hoped they would. But I want to tell you, God has not lost your prayers. God has not forgotten your tears. They are waiting in heaven. I want to tell you if you'll just keep on praying and keep on serving and keep on living for God. I want to tell you there's going to come a day where God is going to pour out those prayers and God is going to move in your situation and God is going to answer your cries for help. God sees your prayers and God has gathered those tears. And there is coming a day where you are going to collect those, those, those answered prayers. God is going to move in your situation. God is going to respond to your needs. Not only we find that God sees them and God hears them and God collects them, but the Bible says that God is so faithful that there is coming a day that God is going to one day wipe away every one of our tears. It was in that same depiction in Revelation, in the 21st chapter, the Bible says that although weeping may endure for a night, and although at times in this life things are difficult, challenging, and hard, and painful, in this life we are going to go through seasons of sickness We are going to go through seasons of uncertainty. At times in this life, it may seem like God is a million miles away. It may seem like our prayers are nowhere near being answered. And in those times, we will suffer. And in those times, we will feel sorrow. But I want to tell you that there is coming a day that those tears that we cry shall be wiped away. The Bible says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death and there shall be no more sorrow and there shall be no more crying. There there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. I want to tell you here today, if you can just hold on that if you can just hold on to hope, if you can just remain faithful to God. I know it's trying and difficult at times. I, I know that every once in a while we've got to let out a good cry, that, that we've got to just get to a place where we're broken and discouraged and frustrated by the circumstances of our life. But what I've come today is just to give you a word from the Lord that if you'll just hold on and if you just won't give up, that help is coming on the way and that there's coming a hope in a redemption that one day when this life is over and, and we pass from this side to the other side that our God is a comforter and our God is an encourager and our God is going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Just hold on. Help is coming on the way. It was in his book, Pastor Jack Highstead, his book called Compassion Makes a Difference. He told the story of pastoring his congregation. And one day, a little girl by the, about the age of seven years old started coming on their bus ministry from the neighborhood. And her hair was dirty, her face was dirty, her clothes were just kind of tattered and old. And, but every day, every Sunday, she would come and she would have a smile on her face. 
And every day she would come up to that pastor. She would walk up to that pastor. And, and, and she would ask that pastor with a big smile on her face. She would begin to tell him, I'm your best friend, aren't I? I'm your best friend. And every Sunday, he looked forward to seeing that little girl who he knew when she went home, she was dealing with difficulties and distresses that probably were unimaginable to most of the people in his congregation. But every Sunday, she showed up to church with a smile on her face. And every Sunday, she would walk up to him and say, I'm your best friend, aren't I? He said every Sunday that would happen, and he would look forward to it until one Sunday he noticed that that little girl came up to him and she wasn't so happy and she didn't have a smile. She was downcast and she was frowning and she walked up to him somewhat reluctantly and she began to share with him the, the discouraging and sad news that she had just found out that her family was moving and as she said that she's never going to see him again. And He said in that moment his heart was broken and he saw the sadness and the sorrow and this little girl that had found so much joy in life in church and in the house of God. And, and he tried to do what he could in that moment to encourage her and to, and to lift her spirits. And he said, I, I love you and I'm so sorry this has happened. And, and no matter where you go, he said, we're always going to be best friends. And this little girl just looked at him with tears welling in her eyes. And she looked at him and she said, aren't you even going to cry? I want to tell you here today, that in that moment, as that pastor realized the deep emotion that this girl was experiencing, he said that those emotions began to flood in his heart and his mind, and he was touched with the feelings of her infirmities. And what I've come to preach to somebody today is that we serve a heavenly Father, and even though He is seated high, His hand reaches low. And I want to tell you today that there is no trial or tribulation or season of life that we go through that our God does not see it, and our God does not care, and that our God does not respond. But what I've come to ask somebody today is will you move beyond the veil of apathy and, and, and discontentment and, and disdain and, and indifference? And will you be moved with a passion for the things of God in your life? I want to ask somebody today, will you even cry? Will you cry out to God? Will you cry out to your Father? Will you cry out to the Lord in those seasons and in those moments of despair and discouragement. I want to tell you sometimes there is a time and a season to be strong and stoic but I want to just tell you that there is an insight in the supernatural that if you can just allow yourself to be moved with compassion and to cry out to God with everything inside of you there is something in the heart of your Father that will move heaven and earth to respond to the cries of His people. Something mysterious. Something supernatural about our tears. Will you stand with me today? That psalm writer that proclaimed that they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing Precious seed, precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing.
I want to tell you here today, every head bowed, I don't know what you're going through and I don't know exactly what season of life you're in, but I just know that I have heard from the Lord. And whoever you are and whatever circumstances you may be up against, I just hear, come today with a little word of encouragement. Just like that King Hezekiah, whose impending judgment had been determined, that when he turned and responded in prayers and strong tears, that God's heart was affected. And like any loving and heavenly father, God turned with compassion towards his child. And God answered the prayers and honored the tears of his child. And so all over this place, like that little girl that stood in front of that pastor and asked the question, aren't you even going to cry? I want to tell you more than just superficial words, more than just the perfect articulation. Would you just find a place in your life, maybe not today, maybe not now and in this moment, but would you find a capacity in your walk with God where you are willing to cry out to God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. I want to tell you more than just a negotiation or a perfectly constructed argument. <laughs> God sees beyond those things if He can just hear the crying of a child. So all over this place, I don't know who I'm preaching to, I don't know who I'm talking to, but would you just, for just a moment, right where you are, would you just begin to lift a hand towards heaven? And can we just begin to respond right now to the Lord? I want to just open this altar for just a moment. Come on, we cry about a lot of things. We cry about a movie. We cry about a song. We cry when our favorite team loses. We cry, we cry, we cry. But I want to tell you, God is asking, will you even cry for me? Will you cry over the despair of my people? Will you cry over that lost child? Will you cry over the circumstances of your life? Come on, somebody, I want to ask you, will you even cry? Are you even going to cry? Come on, move past apathy. Come on, God wants you to move to a place of passion and pursuit. Come on, would you just begin to just cry out to the Lord right now? Would you bring your needs to the Lord? I'm not trying to just hype you up for emotionalism, but I do want to tell you today that you are created in the image of God and that God created you with the capacity at your most natural and base level that before you can even speak or think or articulate that God puts something inside of you to express the very deepest recesses of your beings that can only be communicated with a groaning and a crying out. Come on all over this place. Hallelujah. Can we just begin to just 
just cry out to the Lord right now. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We honor you. Come on, just cast your cares upon the Lord right now.